everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Westchester Advice Givers. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and I'm here today with Ramsey Coulter from Coulter Credit. Ramsey is a credit repair specialist. He's helped over a thousand people improve their credit, helps people finance houses, uh, cars, boats, all sorts of things that you're going to need a great credit score in order to, to move forward. He's a graduate of Westchester University, so local to the Westchester area. Ramsey, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today, Sean. This is great. Yeah. I appreciate it. So first of all, let's just start with why is a credit score so important? Well, um, your credit score is used for a lot of things in life. People don't realize how much it is really used. They just think, well, I just need it to get a mortgage or I just need my credit to get a car. They don't realize that a lot of jobs check your credit depending on what type of industry it is. Uh-huh. Um, to be a police officer in Philly, they, they check your credit. To, to rank up in the military, they check your credit. They do background checks and security clearances. And part of that is if you owe people money, you need to pay them. Um, your, your auto insurance rate is directly affected by your wow. credit. Your homeowner's insurance rate is directly impacted by your credit for most companies. Um, and, well, well yeah. hold on a second. Your credit score, that's not public knowledge. Can anyone just check the credit of someone else? Uh, no, not legally. They have to have what is called a permissible purpose under right. the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So you have to give them permission in writing. Um, right. So, so like when you go to apply for an apartment or a rental, right. you're going to, at some point, one of the papers that you sign as part of that application is giving them permission, permission to check your credit. Right. Now that landlord is going to check that credit score yep. and they can basically say yes or no based off of that number, and there's no specific number that they have to be looking for, right? Correct. It's their own criteria. Some landlords or apartment complexes want you to have at least a minimum of a 600. Mm-hmm. Some I've heard of a 640. It's like, well, 640, if you have a 640 credit score, why would you be renting just to get a home? <laughs> right. But, um, you know, those high fancy ones, they, they, want, they can do what they want and they can charge what they want. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So now when it comes to financing, obviously credit score, that's what people think of your credit score. Right. Like you're saying it's not, it's, it's getting a ha- it's getting an apartment, it's getting a job, it's not just getting a loan. Correct. But when it comes to financing, are there credit, is it just up to whoever is lending the money or are there certain standards that... Let, that yeah, well, there's federal guidelines. Uh, yeah. any, any loan officer will tell you that there's FHA, which is most first-time home buyers use FHA or USDA or, or VA mm-hmm. loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so and those are loans that are going to be sold to another organization. So when the lender... Uh, when the lender first writes the loan, it has to fit certain criteria. Correct. So that's where right. the credit they're, fed, they're federally backed loans. So the government is guaranteeing them. Right. So the government says, well, the minimum credit score for most of these programs is a 580, mm-hmm. um, which is very low. <laughs> it's very easy to get a 580 in a matter of a couple of months, um, mm-hmm. assuming you have at least some sort of credit. Um, but, but yeah, 580 is usually the minimum. There are certain banks or mortgage companies who have their own standards and they'll say, Oh no, we, we are FHA. We can't do below 620 or even mm-hmm. 640. Um, so people think that all banks and mortgages are the same and that's absolutely not true. Right. Um, they, they're industry specific. They all have to follow federal guidelines, but they can set the bar as high as they want and set themselves apart. Okay. So tell us a little about yourself and how you got here and sure. why you're, uh, why you spend so much time building this expertise in such a not so fun area. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Credit is not uh, the the most fun industry. It's uh, a lot of people think it's boring. They don't want to talk about it, whether they have good credit or because they have bad credit. So they just want to ignore it. But uh, yeah, so how I got into credit. So 
the only thing um, you know my parents ever told me was my dad said once you turn 18 you need to get a credit card so that was the extent of my credit advice that was my credit education growing up uh, and so as soon as I turned 18 I got a credit card um, which was great that was great advice but he didn't say how to use it, how to pay it, how what to do. Don't get too many cards. Don't do this. Um, so I just really, when I was in college, I just really wanted to know about credit. So I studied credit on my own throughout college. You know, the FICO 5, you can Google that Were info. Were you a finance major? No, I was not. <laughs> um, I so just it started really, from like a passion. Yeah, it was just interest. You know, interest. How, how, like I knew that credit was important. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do I have the best credit? I want to have, you know, the highest score. What is the highest score? I don't know. Um, what's the lowest score? So I started reading researching yeah. uh, a lot of my credit cards would have like your you know a version of your fico scores and be like yeah your fico scores are 720 i was like wow that's awesome um and it would have like the pie chart of like how your credit's broken up and so i would study that stuff i would read their tips and all that stuff which is basic info and some of it's accurate some of it's not so accurate right. um but i played football at westchester and i ended up getting injured uh tore my shoulder uh, my ac joint and labrum and had to have surgery and right after i graduated uh, a couple of medical collection accounts ended up showing up on my credit, which I was not legally liable for. I had mm -hmm. my parents' insurance and the school had secondary insurance. So, you know, I just figured they would be taken care of, ended up a couple of them weren't. Mm -hmm. And then I got an alert from Credit Karma, which I've had a Credit Karma account for over 10 years now. Right. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later, but it is good for alerts. <laughs> it let me know. I got an email. Hey, there's a new collection. And I was like, you know, I just graduated. I took care of all the bills at my, mm -hmm. you know, with, with my um, roommates and stuff. So I knew everything was paid off when we left. I knew that we got a whopping $80 back from our security deposit. So I knew we didn't owe money. Um, and so as soon as I logged in and said medical, I knew, I knew exactly what it was. Yeah. I said, Oh, okay. The school will take care of this. This is no, no big deal. I don't have to worry about this. Just got a car. I'm good to go. Um, not true. So it took 11 and a half months to get those two accounts off of my credit. Um, and during that time, then I went into, you know, overdrive of studying about credit. And so these yeah. were, so these were, these were, uh, medical bills that were supposed to be paid by a, your insurance company, B the school's, the insurance. school's insurance company. Correct. And did they not get paid or were they paid late or? <laughs> well, uh, most of everything got paid. Obviously, right. it was a surgery. It was like twenty, forty thousand dollars. Right. And so this was, was stuff that you weren't. They responsible just fell through for. the cracks. So you. So so this wasn't something that you had to pay, and it did eventually get paid. But right. in the meantime, not by me. Correct. Everything was fine. You know, you got the surgery. It got paid for. But what ended? A couple things didn't. Obviously. Right. But what yeah. suffered was you still got dinged on your credit report. Though, right. Or yeah. Your credit score. Yeah. So. When you have surgeries, it's super confusing, and I know that firsthand. <laughs> you know, you get bills from the hospital, you get bills from the doctor's office, you get bills from the anesthesiologist, you get right. bills from all these different people and companies, and so it's confusing. Like, well, the hospital already got paid, yeah, but the doctor didn't. Okay, I'm not right. now the doctor got paid. Oh, but the anesthesiologist didn't. Oh, it's like, well, is there anybody else? Like, who do I owe? Like, is this right. taken care of? But anyway, so it is. It is yeah, very you don't confusing. know what bills are being taken right. care of and what are. I just collected them, dropped them off at the school. Thought everything was taken care of. Not a big deal. So, mm -hmm. kind of made me a little upset. You know, yeah. Uh, after a couple months, and it was still wasting my time. I had to call the school, the school's insurance, my parents' insurance, the debt collector, the hospital, and it was consuming a lot of my time. So I really started to study the laws. I said, well, how is this legal? And so I started researching for consumer protection attorneys mm -hmm. to talk to somebody like, is there 
can an attorney help me get this resolved quicker? Uh, are, did they violate my rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? So I started studying and studying and studying. What did you find when you, when you reached out to attorneys? Well, I found that it was super hard to find a, uh, at any attorneys who spe- right. specify in consumer protection law. It was very hard. I spent quite a few hours just searching for those. There's not well, too from many. their end, there's probably not a lot of money in it. That's what they think, <laughs> right. which is why there's not so many. But there's there's a lot of money. The, the, the credit bureaus are all multi-billion dollar corporations. They have plenty of money. They screw up. They report inaccurate and, 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 and unverifiable wow. information. They report inaccurate dates all the time. They change dates. They do a lot of things that they're not supposed to, being that they are a data company. Right. They should have accurate data. And they don't a lot of the time. So there's plenty of money to be made. Uh, some of the cases that I've helped with my attorneys have been well over six figures. Right. Um, that doesn't mean the consumer gets that, but the attorneys. <laughs> but the yeah. idea of like some like, hey, there's a college kid that called up. He, right. he has some medical bill issues. Right. They didn't it's really like, care. Yeah. It's yeah. Not a They're like, well, thing. did you go to the hospital? I was like, yes. Did you sign any paperwork when you went to the hospital? Well, yeah, I had to. Yeah. Well, then you said that you were liable for it if the insurance didn't go through. So uh, technically I didn't have a case. And then, okay, fine. So it still was making me mad. Like yeah. six months into it, I had spent multiple hours on the phone trying to resolve this. I didn't have plans of buying a home anytime soon. I just graduated. But after six months, I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. It should be resolved. I don't owe this. <laughs> what do I need to do? So I was doing all the work. Right. And so I just started listening um, every week to 20 to 40 hours of Credit experts, um, paralegals, lawyers, credit experts, you know, nationally recognized credit experts who've worked for FICO, who've worked for the credit bureaus, mm-hmm. and they teach classes and charge a lot of money for these classes. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of them and just really started to study um, about credit. And then, because most you know, people in that situation, they get their mm-hmm. hospital, they get their uh, something happens, the bills are covered by insurance or whatever, mm-hmm. um, their credit gets dinged. They go to get an apartment or something, right. and they find out. Then, and, and basically, it's it just comes this like whole conversation with the uh, landlord, like, yeah, my credit score is not great, no. but it's because of these medical issues and this medical right. bills. And some landlords are like, okay, <laughs> other landlords just don't even look at it because they're just looking at that number. number. But uh, I mean, it's almost you're unique in that situation in the fact that you actually looked into it when right. most people are just going to just let that sit for five, 10 years yeah. until they actually need that or they just get by without, um, without addressing it at the time. Right. And now it's following them along. Yeah. Well, so I worked for a company doing Medicaid and Medicare appeals and reviews. Um, and I worked remote. So I, I was able to listen while I was working to right. literally 20 to 40 hours a week. I was working overtime. So I was working 60 plus hours and I would just listen to, to, to it all the time. But I knew being in that industry that right. there's, there's a two year time frame for, for insurance claims. So I knew that it had to be resolved. Otherwise it would be my problem. And right. most people didn't, right. don't know that. Also, I only knew about it because I got an alert from a credit, from credit karma. Mm-hmm. Um, most people nowadays, millions and millions of people use credit karma. Do they actually check it? Who knows? Probably right before they want to get something. And I mean, then, that, that's my fear. It's like I get I get so much random junk mail and junk email. Like, yeah. if someone was trying to tell me something important, like I don't know if I'd get it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I was different. I was always proactive. Like I said, yeah. I cared about my credit. I knew it was important. You know, I knew when I got my vehicle, it was super easy. It was a great interest rate because right. of you know my credit diligence. So that just reinforced it. And then, you know, a couple weeks later I get a, an email saying that there's a collection. I'm like, well, what do you mean? So 
the fact that it took a year to get it removed from my credit and I didn't legally owe it kind of made me think, well, you know, how do these debt collectors and credit bureaus, how do they treat people who do owe these bills? You know, because it wasn't not a fun experience. The debt collector was not the best. I really didn't talk to them much (laughs) because I knew we wouldn't get much resolved except yelling at each other um, that I didn't owe it. And they hear that every day. You know, the credit bureaus receive over 12,000 disputes every single day. 12,000 a day from consumers or credit repair organizations. And so they hear all the time, oh, this is not my account. I don't owe this. This is paid. Insurance paid this. They hear all the excuses and they're just like, okay, sometimes they remove them and sometimes they don't. So I didn't even do a dispute. I didn't even know enough about credit back then that that I had the right to send in disputes to the credit bureaus Mm -hmm. and challenge these accounts um, to get them removed myself. So I did no disputing during that 11 month period. I did eventually know that I could, but I just was like, well, this is going to get resolved and I want to see it get resolved without me sending letters to the credit bureaus. So eventually the hospital got paid by the secondary insurance and, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, we're not going to remove it from your credit report. And so I'd been listening to a lot of attorneys and I said, well, you know, my counsel said that we would have to file a lawsuit against the hospital and the debt collector because the hospital told them to report inaccurate information on my credit report. And then the next day it was removed from all three of my credit reports. And they said it would take 30 to 45 days. So I knew right then and there that it doesn't have to take 30 to 45 days to get items removed. And that's when I really was just like, well, they, 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 it's not fair. It's not fair to people. So I started helping friends and family, you know, friends from college, family members, just disputing items that were theirs, that they did actually owe. I wanted to see how the industry worked, started sending out letters for quite some time. It's probably about six to eight months of me just disputing, writing out letters, basically for fun. <laughs> basically. Right, because you were working at your other job at the point. <laughs> right, yeah. So it was, you know, <laughs> just minimal time right. and doing that. And well, you get started. to this point where you've spent so much time learning something <laughs> and you get so good at it, yeah. it, it frustrates you not to try to help other right. people. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to help people. That's I've, I have a big heart, so I like to help yeah, yeah. people. And Absolutely. so I was just like, all right, well, I'll just help my friends and family. And then eventually people started calling me and I didn't know who they were. Um, so I was like, well, I have to charge you something. And right. so I called credit repair companies all over the place, the biggest ones. How much do you charge? And I just cut the price in half, did half off. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just going to undercut these guys. Right. I've got to start somewhere, right? And I really didn't know exactly what I was doing, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You, of course, whenever you start doing but something, you know you what you were doing. You just didn't know how to structure it most efficiently. Right. I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know right. the results. I didn't know that, that you could get an account removed and that it could come back later, you know, <laughs> and with a different company is like, well, we got this removed. Well, it was sold to a different company. And now that company is reporting that you owe the money because guess what you do. Um, but it, it was a game. It's, it's just a game. So we were writing letters, disputing it, getting the account off, you know, and it was fun um, for me. So right. eventually started helping people part-time, super, super part-time, just helping people out. And then, um, at the job I was doing, uh, once uh, the uh, Amer- Obamacare or the ACA, <laughs> you can edit that part out, the, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, went into full force, mm-hmm. my company went from 2,000 employees down to 1,000 uh, okay. over the course of a few months. So there was a total of eight, eight layoffs while I was there cutting, cutting, cutting. And I kept getting transferred to different departments, different departments. And then eventually I was laid off, uh, in, in May of 2015. And I was ready to go at that point. It had been a few years. I'd been doing credit repair part-time. I had 
hundreds of hours of studying mm -hmm. from professionals. I knew a lot more than right most people about credit and i was ready to do credit full-time i like it i like helping people out it was awesome the first person you know for, for actually my uncle uh helped them fix their credit he was working with lexington law for 30 months 30 months consecutively so he spent almost three thousand dollars to them and he still can't get approved for a mortgage because they don't wow. provide edge education they don't provide credit education they don't they didn't tell him, well, hey, you need a credit card. They didn't tell him, oh, your credit card's maxed out. All you have to do is pay it down and you're going to get 60 points. And then you can qualify for a mortgage. They didn't tell him, oh, well, these accounts are marked as disputed. That has to be removed. And then you'll have no problem getting a mortgage. They don't, they don't explain stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I literally helped him for 60 days, got a couple more accounts off, told him to pay down his credit cards. He did. Boom. Got approved for a mortgage. And that was awesome. That was amazing. Not only was it family, it was helping somebody achieve their goals, especially when one of the biggest companies in America couldn't do that. Right. So that just kind of reinforced it. And I was ready. Right after that happened, I was ready to do credit repair full time. I was like, this is awesome. It's so rewarding. And let's do this. And then I got laid off and that was it. Right. So I've been doing it full time for almost three years, but I've been doing credit repair for over five years. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's, so real quick. So going back to when you're just helping out those friends and, uh, <clears throat> you're at a point where you're trying to guide people and try to help them along. What was some of the advice that you were telling people? What can someone do? How can someone increase their credit score within what, 30, 60 days? What do they need right. to know and what actions do they need to take? Sure. So most important thing, if you have a credit card, which you should, if you want to have good credit, you need a credit card. Okay. So I'm going to assume that you do have a credit card. You just don't know how to use it. And it's, it's only $500. No big deal, right? Oh yeah. Well, I only owe 400 out of $500. That's not a big deal. I can pay that off right now. Who cares? Well, the, the mathematical algorithm from FICO cares because you're overextending yourself. You have one $500 credit card and you're using $400 when in reality you should really not go over about $100 or $150 max. 30% is the rule of thumb, um, but we tell people when you're trying to get a mortgage, if it's possible, get pay off all your credit cards except for one and have that credit card at 10%. Okay. Or lower or 10% of your cumulative balances. So that might be hard for somebody who has $20,000 available in credit and they owe 6,000. Okay. Well, you don't have to get it down below 2000. That's a lot of money unless you can. Um, when you're getting a mortgage, I mean, ideally it's, it's a 30 year mortgage mm -hmm. and you're going to be there for normally at least eight to 10 years, if not longer. Um, you want to have the best credit score. You know, I, I deal with a lot of loan officers and they're like, well, they can qualify. They have a 585. Right. But that's terrible financial advice to give to somebody. Oh, why don't you just squeeze by with the bare minimum and get a mortgage at the worst rate right. and pay 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 extra in interest over the course of this loan. That's, and I understand it. I'm friends with a lot of loan officers. Right. They have to make money and they have to close deals. But that's terrible, terrible advice. Because they want to close the deal right now. They don't want to kick it to to credit repair because they might never see that person again. And some people, they want they want to move right then, right, right there and right. then. There's definitely some situations where you have to move. Yeah. You know, if there's if there's a PFA for abuse or something like that. Yeah. Or, and the person's still coming around, or if you're in you know an apartment with a slum landlord. I have a lot of clients in Philly and they're complaining, well, there's water in my house. There's leaking <laughs> from the sea. I need right. to get out of here. 
And so there are absolutely situations where you right. you need to squeeze by with a 580. But if you have the time luxury right. of the time and flexibility, it, you're going to it, it's always a better idea for the most part to at least get that credit score higher right. under control right. in a reasonable zone yeah. because that's going to affect the long-term right. cost of that loan how much you know the long-term cost of that home the house right and and normally for most situations you you can drastically change your credit in, in a few months mm-hmm. you know for most people not everybody some people have been through a lot mm-hmm. um and it might take a while but most people if you give it three to five months Mm-hmm. you can change it completely. You can go from a 580 to a 650 easy Okay. in most cases. So so the optimum place to be, you would say, is one credit card at 10% at a, at a 10% balance. Ten, yeah, 10%. So, so the person who has a $500 card and $400 on it, right. would it make sense for them to get a second credit card and put 200 on each if they, you know, or like, like to spread it out? Or is that... So, I mean, it depends on their time frame. Yeah. If you're trying to get a mortgage in the next two, three months, you should not get a new credit card from in most cases. Okay. Because um, you're opening up a brand new account that lowers your credit score because your average age of credit decreases. They mm-hmm. have to see that you're paying this new account on time. Um, but but that could happen. It's really cumulative. So I don't care if you have five, one credit card or five, it's still the same. You know, if you have one that's $500, you should be at 50 bucks or lower. If you have five that are $5,000, you should be below 500. And I don't care if you have a hundred on each of them. Okay. Or 500 on one. Now, Debt to income does care about that. Right. So from a mortgage standpoint, to get the best debt to income, every card that you owe money on, there's going to be a small payment assigned. So it might be 25, 25, 25, 25, 25. Well, just owe 500 on this one, and now you have 100 extra dollars reduced right. from your debt to income. So it's, there's, it's strategic as well, but generally that's the answer. Okay, cool. What other, so let's say someone is in a point where they need to get that credit score up. Maybe they're not buying a house. Maybe they're trying to get a job or something a little bit more immediate. What are some of the other actions that they should be looking at? Um, or, or what other actions, whether they do it or a credit repair specialist does, would start affecting that score? Sure. So if there's negative accounts, if there's old medical bills or utility bills or rental apartments or mm-hmm. credit cards, store credit cards that you opened up and you just didn't pay because you thought that they might not, who cares? It's a store credit card. Doesn't affect my credit. Not true. Absolutely does. Medical mm-hmm. bills, myth. People think they don't show up on credit. Not true. They absolutely do. Right. The confusion with that is loan officers will tell them, well, we, we don't have to include medical bills in your DTI. Right. Which is true. You can't control if you have to go to the hospital and you owe $10,000 and you shouldn't be punished for it. I agree with that. But what they don't normally explain is, but you should probably try to get that stuff off your credit because it will absolutely impact your FICO score. Gotcha. Um, now, if you're not trying to get a mortgage and you want a quick boost, mm-hmm. um, ask a friend or family member to add you as an authorized user to one of their credit cards. Okay, now some people are like, well, I don't want to ask people for that. That sounds like a lot. It's not a lot. It takes two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you either call your credit card company or log in online, just like you go to pay it, add someone. All you need is their name, maybe birth date, maybe last four of their social, and you hit submit. Okay? Unless you have a subprime card, a bad credit card, they're not going to charge you. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to pull your credit. There's going to be no damage done to you, and it's only going to benefit that person. Now, I said if you're not getting a mortgage, you can do that. The reason is – and sometimes it works for mortgages, but a lot of times nowadays it doesn't. Mortgage industries – 
went through this thing, you know, 10 years ago. It was called the crash. Right. So they are oh, super very strict. very familiar right. with the uh, 07, right. 08, 09 crash. So, you know, they're very strict yeah. and they know that when people are trying to cheat the system. Mm-hmm. And so most mortgage companies, when they see an authorized user account, especially if there's two or three of them and you have no, none of your own credit, they know you only did that to generate a, a score because you don't have anything. Gotcha. And so unless it's somebody who's co-signing on that mortgage, mm-hmm. most mortgage companies, not all, it, we've done it successfully with certain companies that don't look into it that much. And, you know, but they'll normally exclude that unless it's your wife or whoever's going on that mortgage with you, then they can't do anything about it because, well, that's the co-signers. So they're actually applying for the the mortgage so you can use the benefit of them. But if it's a friend or family member or somebody you don't know, mm-hmm. people people sell trade lines. There's, there's there's a whole industry out there where they sell authorized users. You could pay $500 to this company or 1000 and get a 20-year-old credit card that's a $20,000 limit and you can be added to it for a whopping 45 days just so you can apply oh. and cheat the system. Is that legal? <laughs> so it's, it's a very gray area. For now, maybe. So nobody's ever gotten in trouble for it. Uh-huh. It, it is, it, you know, that I know of. It's a gray area. Some people in credit recommend it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just get a friend or family member to do it. Then there's nothing wrong with it. I don't care if you pay them. Right. It's great. You know them. You personally know them. Um, we should, maybe now's a good time to mention that neither of us are lawyers. And right. so none of this is actual legal <laughs> advice. Uh, so just kind of putting that out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You, um, right. One thing you don't want to do. So a credit repair scam, and I have to talk about this real quick, is called CPNs or credit profile numbers or credit privacy numbers or SCNs, which are secondary credit numbers. Basically what they're doing, and that is illegal. People have gone to jail for that. Don't do it. Um, I can talk about it more, but just don't do it. You you can't create a new identity. That is called identity theft. Uh, That is illegal. You are using somebody else's information, normally a deceased person, and they find it, I don't know how, on the black market or whatever, and they find... so. They change your social, they change your birth date, they change your address. Mm. No, don't do that. (laughs) Unless you move, then you can change your address. Your birth date should never change. Your social security number should never change. And their argument is, well, you know, on the FBI website, it says that it's it's legal uh, and that people use it for um, witness protection. Great. Are you in witness protection? (laughs) No. Okay. Then don't do it. It's also legal to make money if you're a bank, right? Right. If you're not a bank, it's illegal, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you can't do it in your basement, no? Right. Not, yeah. Right. right. So not to go on too big of a tangent, exactly. but you slipped something in there. You said bad credit cards, subprime credit cards. Right. Like, how do I know if I'm getting a bad credit card or not? Can I, right. like, should I go, like, how, right. how do you know? What's a good so, one? well, if you have bad credit and you're getting solicitation from credit card companies, they're, you know, Credit One Bank, Merrick Bank, um, First Premier Bank is terrible. As soon as you get a First Premier credit card, you already owe 150 bucks or more. Mm application fee well if now you're maxed out like what's the point now now you just have to pay it down okay fine but most of my clients end up not paying it down because they're mad that they didn't know because they didn't read the terms and conditions um interest rate is is kind of a um a factor you know if you look at it and it's at 29.9 percent interest rate probably not a good idea to get that credit card unless you're awesome and paid off every single month, 100%, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, people do complain about interest rates. Aren't all credit card interest rates bad? 
Yes. <laughs> but 29.9 is the worst I've ever seen. Okay. Um, but you know, you like a credit union. If you have good credit, you can get it at like 9% or 8%. Wow. Okay. It's not, not so much anymore, but it is possible to get credit cards that low, but you have to have excellent credit. And yeah. Is there a site or anything you have where you recommend, can recommend cards? Um, on our website, we, we offer secured credit cards, um, for people building credit. Um, so people can go to our website, coltercredit.com and there's a tab, get new credit and you can click on that. And there are credit builder accounts. So there's, you know, there's, there's credit cards that where you put a security deposit down because Mm -hmm. they, you have to establish credit some way and they will approve you for however much you give them. So that's where people should start if they have no credit and they don't have any friends or family members who are nice enough to add them to one of their credit cards. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. Well, man, I could ask a million questions. So I'm trying to like make this somewhat timely that I think really helps honestly, because I think it kind of gives us an idea of where to start, what's going to lift the first couple steps and, and also where eventual goal is, because you hear a lot of stuff. If you just like read magazines and short, little articles they're like well you want you want lines of credit but you don't want too much <laughs> okay well you you want credit cards but you don't want too many like all right you want you want some debt but you obviously don't want too much and like, geez where right. where to even go so now you 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 do a lot of education and this is kind of why we have to cut it off because there's so many different right. like you said you, you spent hours. 20 40 hours a week just right. listening to this stuff um you, uh, you, you do a lot of workshops, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually in the workshops, what kind of things do you cover there? So usually it's first time home buyer events. I do yeah. lunch and learns. I teach, you know, real estate companies, um, and loan officers about credit as well. That's kind of a different angle, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I mean, even, even loan officers and realtors just don't understand credit. They, they run the numbers, the computer tells them right. qualified or not, and they don't understand how the math works behind the scenes. So, I mean, we always just educate about the FICO five. Mm-hmm. How is your credit score determined? There are five factors and we yeah. just go over each one and just, you know, kind of dispel some myths because there's a myth regarding all of them. Um, right. and just try to really educate people on how important it is to obviously pay your bills on time and to have a credit card, not max it out, keep it super low and, you know, open up some accounts, make sure. Yeah. So there are, you know, like you said, how many do you have? So I, you know, I did training with John Olsheimer, uh, for a credit expert witness class last August. Uh, and I'm going again this year. He has it every year. He worked for FICO for five plus years. He worked for Equifax for five plus years and he's nationally recognized credit expert. Uh, he's used in hundreds of lawsuits, Mm-hmm. to defend the credit bureaus. Actually, he works for them. My lawyers work against him, but he's still a wealth of knowledge. So I go to his classes. And so he showed us his score for the, for, for our class. He got up to an 850 credit score. And that's where, you know, we kind of learned that you want to have one small balance, mm-hmm. ideally between, honestly, to have an 850, you want about one to 3% credit mm-hmm. utilization on one card and the rest paid off. Mm-hmm. So that's super, super hard to do for most consumers, mm-hmm. unless you have maybe a hundred thousand dollars in credit available to you, then it's not so hard, but most consumers don't. Yeah. If, uh, if you guys have any questions, you're available. The best way to get a hold of you, is it phone, mm-hmm. email, web? Yeah. The, um, your it, website's culturecredit.com. Right? right. Which is C O U L T E R credit.com. Yeah. They can start there. They can read about 
credit. They can uh, see our prices and everything, get some yeah. new credit. Uh, they can contact us there. Our office number is 610-350-4683. They can call, schedule an appointment 24-7. We have someone who answers the phone 24-7. They can schedule an appointment to talk with me, a free credit consultation. Yeah. Um, they do have to have a credit monitoring account that shows all three reports, so not Credit Karma. We didn't talk about Credit Karma, but they are not FICO scores. They're not scores that banks use, and that's all I'm going to say because we're running out of time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, there you have it, guys. Check out culturecredit.com. Uh, Ramsey's, I mean, he's the man when it comes to building your credit. Um, and, and there's so many things we didn't get to. We didn't yeah. get to the FICO 5. We didn't get to the, the, the problems with Credit Karma. Right. Uh, and then we also didn't talk about business credit, which is something right. that I definitely, we're, we're, you know, we, we definitely need to talk to, too. About but he can help you with, he can help you with uh, personal personal lines, business lines, uh, getting those secured cards, getting that right credit score. Uh, go ahead and contact him if you're interested in that. Uh, and we'll see you again soon. All right, man. Yeah, see, I told you that. Was